Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Carson Howe. Uh, Carson and I have actually met each other in person. We've, uh, you know, I, I don't know, we got a, a little bit of extra connection compared to a lot of the guests because we actually got to <laughs> hang out and yeah. you got to drive me around. I got to sit in your back seat, your tiny little back seat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, good, good rental car that we yeah. sat in there. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, Carson, tell us a bit about yourself. Give us a bit of an intro and then uh, so people know what you're talking, who you, who you are, what we're before we get into our topic. Yeah, for sure. So. I'm a real estate investor. Uh, I have um, a portfolio of kind of long-term rentals here in Ontario. And then I've recently started doing some short-term rentals with Airbnbs. Um, yeah, I, I also still have a nine to five uh, job that I, that I do. Um, I'm in tech and sales. Uh, I've been with the company called Meltwater for well over 14 years. Um, and then, yeah, from a real estate investing standpoint, I really started investing heavily and focusing on it the past two years. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about kind of what I do from a real estate standpoint. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I don't want to downplay like you have a job at all. Um, yeah. I had a job of, for almost all of my real estate and thing. And if you can do this and build a business while you have a job, then when you leave your job, you have a business that doesn't take like 40 hours a week. You know, you get way more efficient when you don't have as much time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's yeah, that's, that's definitely a goal, you know, build, build a business on the side. Yep. Um, it's definitely a side hustle right now and I'm enjoying it. Um, and yeah, let's see kind of where it takes us. Yeah. So when we were chit chatting down in Florida, what the, um, the the airbnb arbitrage is what really stuck out and i i did do an episode on it like three or four years ago a long time ago but it's a topic that has been completely uh i've been overlooked completely until i saw you and i, I sort of that's one of those things just being around different people that are doing successful things that it re-triggers ideas that i wasn't even thinking about um but for people who um you know i know a lot of our listeners are in like bc and ontario and you want something that's going to be a recession resist, recession resistant. That's it. You want something you don't have to deal with the, I don't at least maybe I should ask you this, but I don't think you have to deal with the Ontario tenancy act um, because you're doing Airbnb and you're renting, right? So you have the advantage side instead of the disadvantage side. Am I right there? Yeah. I feel like it's, it's an advantage. I mean, to the landlord as well, because the landlord and I are, are kind of like a, a team when we do this in that we, we aren't affected by the um, landlord tenancy board, right? Because um, these are all shorter term in nature. So the landlord has a lot less risk knowing that all the people we're putting into their home is shorter term in nature. Um, so yeah, there's definitely benefits, especially in a heavily skewed um tenant friendly province like ontario so uh, so yeah so wait a second you, so you you don't actually have to sign like the say because you, you're doing this in ontario you don't actually have to sign the ontario tenancy agreement as a tenant you don't do. you do okay you do yeah. yeah i do sign it with the landlord right but 
then again, they know that I that we are using we're re-renting these for shorter term purposes. So you're not going to have a tenant or guest that just uh, squats in the house and not pay rent, as an example, right? So I, I you know, I'm the one who pays the rent to the landlord um, on time. Yeah, but they they have the comfort of knowing that you know there's not going to be squatters in there or professional tenants who are not going to pay rent and and uh, and all that. So it's definitely being aligned with the landlord in terms of their goals, right? They want their investment to be hassle free and that they get the rent check every month. So yeah, no, and I, I I I'm all for this, even on both sides. Like um, um. Anyway, I just thought of this. We should backtrack a little bit. What is Airbnb arbitrage? We, we skipped the big thing and we started talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So Airbnb arbitrage basically is uh, a strategy in real estate where I am renting a home from a homeowner and then I am re-renting it out um, for short-term rental purposes and for me, the, the goal is obviously to, to make a profit between my rent and the revenue I bring in from short-term rentals. So I'm trying to get a good, healthy delta there um, on, uh, on, on the rent. Yep. And so there, there is a lot of advantages to doing this, right? Um, there's a couple of disadvantages, but there's a lot of advantages. Maybe you want to go over why some of those, some of those things would be? Sure. I think advantages, definitely low barrier to entry in terms of the capital outlay. Um, so what is that? How much, like usually first and last? Yeah, first and last uh, furniture, right? Those are your probably your biggest expenses. So if we look at renting a duplex, nowadays you probably rent a duplex for $4,000, maybe, th yeah, let's just call it $4,000. And the whole thing. Yeah, for the whole, for the whole house. Yep. Um, would you sign separate agreements for each unit or one for the whole thing? I, I think I'm doing one for the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's, it's in the lease. It's, it's upper and lower. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's an advantage. I think uh, so basically for $20,000 uh, give or take, you yeah. can, you can rent a home and start, start a business. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's a huge benefit. Um, I mean, cash flow is also a huge benefit, especially in a, again, in in a province like Ontario where you can't do price uh, price increases each year in rent or very low price increases. Um, there's an advantage, definitely healthier cash flow numbers. Yeah. Um, I mean, disadvantages. It, it's it's a business, so it's very active, right? You're essentially running, I guess you can say, mini hotels um in these homes so it's it's active you're in the hospitality business once you get get in the game um yeah and, and yeah you're in the hospitality business so there's a lot of issues that pop up right from oh hey you you didn't clean the house well enough um to Hey, I ran out of toilet paper. Can you can you can you deliver me a, a, a roll or two? Right. So, like th those are things that you know make the business very active. Yeah. No, and I love it. And it, it's the it's the counterplay, right? Um, because you know one of the reasons that I got out of uh, investing in Ontario was the the landlord loss, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
and you flipped it, right? It, you flipped it into all of that into an advantage because, like you, you just said this, but I'm just regurgitating. But the, the rent raises, like they can't rent raise the rent uh, by much. So I don't even know what it is right now. One point two or one point eight? Yeah. Is it one point two? Something like that. Yeah. And something like that. So inflation is only one point two, right? So that's but the, the inflation <laughs> will push up your rents, right? So you get to experience the rent part. Uh, when you're re-renting for Airbnb, right? So if you kept this place for 10 years or whatever, but the, the landlord that's renting to you can only raise it to 1.2 each year, but you could be raising your rents by a bigger gap. Because you think about this, if you would have started this, I don't know, 10 years ago, the, the uh, you know, uh, I believe you're doing it in Hamilton, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the difference in Hamilton rent is, and Hamilton, everything, purchase prices, everything has completely changed. Um, so you could, if you were starting that long ago, you may be paying like no dirt cheap rent and being able to rent this uh, as a huge gap, right? Like uh, the longer you do this, the easier it's going to get because the Ontario Tenancy Act is actually going to work in your favor instead of a disadvantage. So it is a strategy that will work in those markets that I always say that are kind of difficult to work in, which would be the BC, the Ontario, the California, the New York, right? Um, and so it, it's a huge advantage and it would you say i'm just thinking this and actually i think i'm answering this question myself as I'm, I'm thinking about it would i know you're looking at doing this in florida would this work anywhere or is it more um expensive places or more vacation places or um you, like where do you think airbnb and arbitrage would work when i started investing in the us i did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that glensutherland.com coaching a 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. Honestly, I think it works in any city that would allow for it. That's, I think that's you, a good point. <laughs> but I think before you go into a market, I think you want to just think about who your clientele is, who your potential yeah, target is. Um, and, I, and I'd say just be careful of, of how much rent you're paying, right? Because that's really your biggest expense. So if you pay too high of a rent, um, then, then it's, well, then, then you're at risk of losing money as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's another advantage maybe of Airbnb arbitrage in terms of, you know, if it really doesn't work for whatever reason, um, I mean, you can give your 60 days notice and cut the cord as well. Right. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're new to it and struggling. Um, so yeah, there's, 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 I mean, that's another advantage too, but I think, yeah, any, any city that allows for it. And again, we're seeing this in Ontario and probably other parts of the states and other provinces that cities are putting in more and more rules surrounding short-term rentals. So it's important to understand the rules um, and 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 play within them, right? Um, so so yeah, I think any city does work. You just have uh, so for example, if you're investing or doing Airbnb arbitrage in a tourist heavy city, yep. then you're probably going to get more volatility throughout the year in terms of how much revenue you're going to get in, right? Like winter is probably might be slower and then the summer is going to be 
a lot higher or vice versa. If you're investing in somewhere that has ski hills, then your winter is probably going to be high and then maybe summers are lower. So you, I think you just get more volatility. It, it just made me think too about like when you, you're just mentioning the, um, the changes in laws that keep happening all the time. And there's a lot of people that are going down to say Orlando area, right? Not Orlando proper, like at certain places you can rent, certain places you can't, and they keep changing their laws all the time um, on the different counties. But say you went down there and you were the owner of the property. And if you were doing Airbnb and you were the owner and then they changed the laws, you're kind of like, oh, now what do I do? I either have to sell this house or turn it to a long-term rental and it may not cash flow as a long-term rental, right? But if you were doing the Airbnb arbitrage, you could be like basically pick up all your furniture, put in a storage unit and move it to a different county, move it to, you know, uh, you know, different city down there. You have to take a trip down or even pay somebody to move it. Um, it's a little bit more flexible if we're doing Airbnb. If you think about it, if you're in an area, you go into one of those places that's right on the fringe, really close to a certain attraction. But then if they change it, you just move it a little bit further. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's definitely true. I think, uh, yeah, it's probably good to, and also just thinking about it now, invest in a city or town that probably has some rules in place. Okay. So probably um, once they have the rules in place, they likely won't change it much. They've got to figure right? it out. Versus if you're going into a city that has no rules, it's, it's great, but you never know with government officials, right? Once they put something in and if they get it passed, um, then your whole business model could could definitely change right so yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense and um so what what i know i kind of just touched on it briefly like i know you're doing some in, in hamilton um where are you doing this and where are you what, what are your plans going forward yeah so um i started in hamilton and burlington um and the reason started there because those cities allow for it and i like the fact that these are big enough cities that Throughout the year, there's always something happening, a reason to visit those cities. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, recently expanded to Peterborough. Uh, we're doing an interesting, we, we did an interesting project where we actually rented six apartments within a 32 unit apartment building. Uh, and we, it's kind of like a boutique hotel type of concept. So we, we wanted to, you know, try that out. Um, and then we, I'm actually expanding to, to Barry this month, uh, got a couple rentals there. Um, and what we're really interested in probably down in the near future is getting into more luxury properties. Uh, so we've also started a couple rentals in West Vancouver, uh, oh. trying to, yeah, trying to find, figure out that market as well. Cool. So with all this expansion going into different places, um, you're going to need another set of furniture every time. Um, so do you take on partners? Do you raise money for this? Or do you just keep coming up with all the funding to put all the uh, the furniture and first and last in every month, every time you do this? Yeah, so I do have uh, an equal 50-50 partner on, on the Vancouver expansion. Uh, because we're, yeah, I mean, we're talking a uh, lot more money when it, when it comes to the luxury market. Yep. Uh, but yeah, for the, for the most part so far, I've done uh, these investments myself. Um, so what, what you'll find is 
from a scalability standpoint, like you start with one, the like the cash flow is is quite good. So you know you can roll that cash flow into doing a second one and then a third one. So so yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I, I, I love that. It's kind of like doing the burrs and you just you, you roll the money into another one, into another one. It's the same yeah. thing, only you're doing it with a different thing. I love it. Yeah. I, I even, uh, anyway, I, I will go into a side tangent, but with one of my businesses before real estate, I, could, I kind of did the same thing too. When you're doing this, um, you have a job. What kind of time restraints does this take? How much, how much time do you think you're putting into um, managing these? And how long does it take to set one of these up? And I'm guessing it gets easier every time. Yeah. So when I first started, made every mistake in the book, right? In terms of setup. So it, it took us like probably a good month just yep. to like get it up and running. Yep. Um, but now we've gotten it down where we can set one up in a week and a half, two weeks. That's awesome. So it's about, we, we always hear this, I think on podcasts and as investors, like processes and systems. So it's, you know, having that furniture list, knowing where to get all these different items, uh, the order in which, you know, how we're ordering these items, right. Getting that down to a process. Um, and so, do you, so, you order all your stuff from the same spot? Cause I've heard that from some of the Airbnb people, they'd like, I, I know I had one guy on the show and he said the first time he did it, he ordered it from like 30 different places. He was picking up and dropping off and it was a nightmare and of going around and grabbing all the pieces and then forgetting little things. And he switched to just doing it all from one location. Like he picked like a, you know, an Ikea or a Wayfair or something and just did the whole thing in one swoop. Is that kind of what you do? Or you, is there, because I know there's different prices and certain places have better stuff. What's the way you approach that? So I work, I work with a designer. So every project we do has a designer on it. Um, but again, we've worked closely enough. So now we usually order Ikea, Amazon, Wayfair, um, yeah, those are the usually usually the ones we stick to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Structube, we use Structube as well. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, so I mean, going back to your question in terms of how many hours, like I think I mean I haven't really recorded the hours, but probably spread out probably, I mean, twenty to probably it's a good twenty hours. But I've been able to do this because again, uh, I've I've been able to delegate and build a team. Yep. So, so is the 20 hours, like, you know, getting the, the messages from guests and organizing and answering questions or what, what is, what do your hours consist of? I think it's more on and off. So I have VAs now that I've, uh, hired. Yeah. So, but again, sometimes these VAs get into tricky situations and they'll need help. So it's helping them, yeah. uh, respond to the guests appropriately. Um, yeah, so, sometimes uh it's maintenance issues like we have maybe like a water issue at a property it's the time that it takes to again just help the team on the ground problem solve uh so it's it's more that it's more like managing the business but i think when i first started it was definitely more hours because i was the one responding to the guest i was the one uh doing everything right so but over time you you build a team yep. so that it's pretty much um, you're you're out out not doing in the weeds type of stuff, right? So like for right now, like I 
I don't even know the names of the guests that are like staying in my Airbnbs, right? Like my, my VEs handle all that versus when I first started, I knew every guest's name, who was staying where, but um, yeah. So as you scale, you, you, you hope to delegate. Yeah. I love it. Nope. That, that's all about that. I love it. I didn't realize you were using VAs and that's, that's really smart because you're, you're building a real business then. Right. And I'm like, every time I hear like people come on and do these sort of things, my, my thing starts turning. I'm like, you could be like outsourcing your property management almost now. You could have your own, uh, use the VAs in that way, right. To scale this thing. But anyway, anyway, it's awesome. Um, anything else I should have asked you about Airbnb arbitrage or about how you run this or what you're doing or anything else? Yeah. I mean, I can share a little bit about yeah kind of the structure. I mean, yeah. Another cool thing about this business is when you get to a point where you are hiring VAs, they can take on quite a few properties, right? So it's kind of easy to scale in terms of like, let's say tomorrow I want to do an Airbnb in Florida. I don't need to hire a new VA for that. Basically this VA can handle properties from 10, 10 different cities yep. um, if, if needed, right? So I, I do have VAs um, that handle all the guest communications. And right now I have basically 8 a.m. till midnight covered seven days a week. So again, it, it relieves a lot of time from, from me and a lot of the stress of responding to guests like right away. Because yep. that's another important fact uh, thing is, you know, you want to respond to guests in a timely manner. Yeah. Uh, so, so VAs to do guest communications, and we usually have boots on the ground. So cleaners are very important from an Airbnb standpoint, like probably cleanliness, cleanliness is very important, Yeah. obviously. Um, so yeah, good cleaners. And then probably the hardest person to find in this business is kind of that handyman. Mm -hmm. It's finding that person who's wanting to make some side cash um, while being willing to essentially be on call, right? Like, hey, the guest needs this. Are you okay to head over the property for a quick hour to fix something, right? So that's probably the hardest um, person to, to find. Yeah, and I, I get that. And I think, especially on your first one, when you do, if you like, if I was to set that up the first time, because you only have one, right? So that, yeah. but if you had a whole bunch, it might be more to keep them a little bit more busy. So it might be more excited about it. Exactly. Yeah. The first one's really, you're, you're totally correct. Yeah. First one's hard because you can't promise that person like, Hey, I don't worry. I can give you five hours or 10 hours. Cause you may not even be able to, to do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I remember the, the first, the first one I had to basically convince uh, the guy like, Hey, I'm going to scale this. Like, just give me two, three months. I'll have like six, seven properties for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was like that at the, at the, at the beginning. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Anything, anything else I should ask? Um, I'm, I'm, I wrote, I, I wrote some notes as we were going and I, we, you've answered them all. Yeah. Great job. Um, no, another like quick, quick and dirty way to find, to see whether a property works is like, if you feel like, say your rent is 2000, if you do your numbers and your research and you're like, okay, I think I can comfortably uh, have $4,000 in revenue. 
yep. then that's probably a good property. Two times, two times rent uh, yep. is probably a good good metric that you'll you know you'll make money on that property. That's probably a, a good one too. Yeah. This just dawned on me because you're talking about finding them. How, how do you find these? Are you just looking on Facebook Marketplace for people who are renting these, or Kijiji, or you know, on Craigslist, or like what are your is it is that am I way off base or like you just looking for people that are renting nice looking apartments? Yeah, no, that's that's correct. Yeah, I use Kijiji, look for like newly renovated product, um, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, look for newly renovated uh, product and. Uh, because I'm using, I post on social media quite a bit. Uh, sometimes investors actually reach out as well, right? And be like, hey, um, I just, I'm about to finish renovating a duplex, interested in what you've been doing with arbitrage, like let's, let's do something together. Um, so that's in social media is another great way. But yeah, when you first start to GG, uh, Facebook market marketplace. Those are great spots to, to start. Awesome. Karsten, thank you for coming on the show. Good to chat with you again. Yeah, uh, really sure. appreciate it. This was good. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I, I appreciate it. It's an honor.